it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. This episode is sponsored by The Hilltop Services. Our mission is to provide business professionals with assistance for all of their administrative needs. Book a consultation today at thehilltopservices.com. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am super excited to share today's episode with you. I had the pleasure in interviewing Carla Yarbrough. She's a strategic planner and she really breaks down exactly what a strategic plan is and why every business owner or entrepreneur needs one and what her expertise is in that area. And it was very eye-opening speaking with Carla. We had a great, fun conversation. I really love talking with her. And I think you'll really love all the information that she shares during my interview with her. Here's a little bit of Carla's bio. Carla Yarbrough is a strategic planner and a motivational speaker. She is the creator of a strategic planning program developed specifically for small business owners and entrepreneurs. Her program makes the strategic planning process simple and offers a model that can be used over and over as the business owner expands. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation I had with Carla because I know I did. And here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandi Taylor, and we have our awesome guest, Carla Yarbrough. Welcome, Carla. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for being on the podcast. I'm super excited to talk to you today, Carla. You too. I'm, I'm like, I've been looking forward to this. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. Awesome. Awesome. So tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Most people, because I am a public speaker, would not know that I'm very introverted. Very, very, very introverted. I don't do well. One of the scariest things for me when I began business was networking because I am very introverted and I remember standing in a room full of people when it first began and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go talk to somebody I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, being a public speaker, being um, and talking to people all the time and teaching, you wouldn't expect me to be introverted, but I'm very introverted. So a lot of people don't know that because they don't get to know me personally. Yeah, that's interesting. I wouldn't even think you were though. Like you seem, you know, approachable and friendly and outgoing so I wouldn't think you were an introvert but yeah I think sometimes I think most people are a combination of both but some people are just stronger in certain you know yeah <laughs> areas one of those things that you just have to it's the, I, that that's why I'm such an advocate for people in business coming out of their comfort zone because I had to push myself out of my comfort zone and I still have to because I just went to an event on Sunday where I had to network and I was like oh gosh okay I got to get up from this table every single time in business because I am so introverted you know what's interesting I would say sometimes I don't always like to network like I'm kind of like introverted when it comes to like just getting out and talking to people but once I do I'm a really good networker but it's just the point in doing it so I think I could be like a combination of both so I get it yeah, <laughs> yeah. so a little introvert a little extrovert you know a little bit is a little bit that. <laughs> a little bit both a little, little bit a little bit right 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 so tell us a little bit about your background Carla well, I actually, my background is in human and social services and psychology, which is so interesting, especially with the business that I have as a strategic planner. But I think that it was really, um, it has really helped me in understanding the people that I service as I help them build that strategic plan because I've worked a lot with nonprofit organizations helping them build strategic plans. And when I'm working with an individual business, understanding the person I'm, I'm working with, that psychology side, understanding the person I'm working with, the human services side, understanding their heart. A lot of times people are in business because they love the people that they're servicing. And so with my background, I wouldn't have thought it would have done so well with business, but it actually really has. It's allowed me to be more empathetic 
uh, instead of just being really hard on the business individual, you know, because you got to have a heart to be in human services. So, you know, it's allowed me a um, uh, insight that I really wouldn't have gotten if I was just strictly a business administration or finances. It has been, it's been really helpful because I have to do a lot of um, looking into the person because I'm working with individual businesses. So not just looking into their, to their finances, but actually looking into who they actually are. And it's really helped me. So that's my background is really actually in human social services and psychology. And it's been a wonderful with business. I wouldn't have thought so, but it has. Awesome. So how did you uh, make the shift from, you know, doing human services and psychology to now, you know, you're on this entrepreneurial journey as a speaker and a strategic planner? Like, how did that come about? Well, actually, I became a strategic planner because of my husband. Uh, he's always been an entrepreneur. He's a television producer, and he's always had his own business for the past 21 years. And But in the beginning, he was really, really, really struggling with clientele and how to attract people and, and, and getting stiffed with money and all kind of problems in the very beginning. And I've always been administrative. And that's why it's human service administration. That's where the strategic planning portion came in because I am administrative. And I was looking at his business and I was like, okay, what is really going on? And I started looking at the people that were surrounding him that were doing really good business. And I was like, oh, he needs a plan. He needs a strategic plan. And basically what I was doing already for other people with nonprofit and human services, I was like, okay, we just need to switch this over to his side so that he can, you know, start developing a plan that would let him walk out what he wanted to walk out. So I did that for him. And then I said, well, you know what? Other small businesses could use this. And I'll be, I talked to people that he knew and friends and other clients that were really small business people. And it was like, okay, all right, I need to, just focus on this right now because it really, really helped for him and a lot of his clients, a lot of his clients and friends and, you know, colleagues that were small business owners or entrepreneurs. And that's how it just shifted. Now speaking, I had been a speaker for a long time. I, I, it's like, I, I said, I'm introverted, but one of the things I really love is fun for me, I guess, because it's like playing dress up, but I get out in, in front of a crowd to speak. You know, that's really, really fun for me. I, I'm very rarely nervous when I'm talking to a group of people. One-on-one, -on -one, I might not talk to you. But, but in front of a, a group of people, and I'm on stage, and I'm sharing information, because I love to share information. I'm sharing information. I've, I've always loved to do that. So it just kind of came natural from speech classes in college and things like that. And I just continued on with that. But yeah. That's how it started. My husband, he got me, he got me going. It was out of necessity. Well, good thing, you know, you were there to help him with a strategic plan. But what's interesting is that that's the direction that you went in because I hear you hear more of like, okay, you need a business plan. You got to have a business plan. So you went with the strategic plan. So I want you to kind of speak to like the two, the two, like the differences between having a business plan and a strategic plan. Okay. Well, a business plan is primarily for you to get money. If you are a real a startup business, you're a new entrepreneur, and you're looking for money, or even if you're expanding your business, you're going to need a business plan because you need to find funders, lenders, grants, whatever it is. Somebody's going to give you some money if you don't have it, if you haven't built it up yourself. You need that business plan to tell them what you're planning to do, what it is you're looking to do, why they should invest in you, why they should give you money. And yeah, you're going to tell them what you're doing and you're going to give them, you know, uh, information and demographics and some of the uh, portions that are actually in a strategic plan. You're going to give that to them. But this is primarily like a proposal to convince people to give me money so that I can do what I want to do. Now, if we switch over to the strategic plan, once I have this money, once I have gotten my funding and everything and I got, you know, I'm all ready to set, set and go. I need to have a plan that I could actually walk out step by step that's tailored for me, the way my business runs, the way I think, uh, the, my, my life, how much my staff, what kind of staff I have, something I can walk step by step to do all of those wonderful things we said we were going to do in a business plan.
And so our, so our uh, investors actually get a return on their money or I'm not being audited saying that you took um, grants and funding under false pretenses because they don't see the fruits of what they've given you. So that's what the strategic plan is. The strategic plan is for you to, is for you to operate from where the business plan is for someone to give you money and to see what, they, what you want to do. Okay, great. So who needs a strategic plan? Anybody in business. Every person that's in business needs a strategic plan. And the reason, because if you don't plan, you know, that they, we hear that old saying, if you uh, fail to plan, you plan to fail. And you know what? It's such a true statement, even though it's a lot of work. And, you know, I tell people often, because they think that a to-do list is a plan. A to-do list is not a plan. A to-do to list is so it's so low on the totem pole in a plan it's ridiculous a to-do list is not a plan but if, if you don't if you don't have a plan i don't care if you're just beginning if you are if it's just you you're a sole proprietor and you don't have any staff you still need a plan so you can walk it out you can develop it and you can do it phase by phase step by step task by task and if you do it that way you know you hear the saying um the best way to uh eat an elephant is one bite at a time. That's what your plan is. Your plan tells you exactly what bites you're gonna take. What bites you should take first to get this huge thing done that you want to achieve and that you want to accomplish. It helps, it really helps you realize that vision that you set for yourself. Great, so when you're looking to get into business, say you're new and you're looking to start your own business um, and you need a business plan and you need, a strategic plan, which, what steps should you, should you take first? Should you get the strategic plan first or should you get your business plan, then get your strategic plan? I'm just trying to, you know. You know, I've had it happen both ways because I have had clients that had nothing <laughs> that have come to me and like, girl, I want to get this, you know, I'm, I want to go into business, I want the strategic plan. So what I normally do is as we're part of their strategic plan is going to get a business plan. So I will start you out, we'll start talking about some things that, that the, the very basics, and then I say, now that you have the very basics, I need you to go and I work with this particular organization and they will help you write a business plan because I don't write business plan plans. But I will send them to someone, a colleague of mine, that will help them write that business plan. And once they have that business plan and they got that funding, uh, that that colleague will send them back to me to continue the rest of their strategic plan. So I have actually, it, so the, you know, it's not like whether Carter or horse, it's like either or, which, which, wherever you start, wherever you start. But once you have that, if you have the business plan first, now you need to go ahead and get your strategic plan. But you can't actually make your uh, business plan, uh, getting a business plan part of your strategic plan. I like it, I like it. So let's break down the strategic plan. You know, what's included within it? Uh, some of the things that are included in it is, you know, testing your, finding out who your market is, finding out who you're actually, you know, selling to. A lot of people fail because they don't know. You know, they got the, they, they put in the business plan that they want to go one way and then they find out that that's not the way they were supposed to be going because they didn't really do anything to, to look at their market. They didn't test the market. You know, actually part of doing a strategic plan is a lot of research. And that's one of the reasons people really don't want to do it, especially when they're a sole proprietor or entrepreneur, because they look at it as something a large corporation would only do. And it's, it is a lot of research because you don't want to make those mistakes. If you plan properly, you can avoid a lot of mistakes. You can really avoid a lot of mistakes. But if you don't want to read and you don't want to get numbers and you don't want to send out a survey and you don't want to know about data, guess what? You're, you're setting yourself up to fail. And that gathering data is part of your strategic plan because you have to have you have to gather that data so that you know what to plan. And so that's part, that's part of the strategic plan, basically like testing your market. Where do you want to be in your market? Not just saying, I want to make this many, I want to make this much money. No, where do you want to be in your market? How do you want to make that, that much money? We want to look at those kinds of things, uh, looking at where you're weak, where you're strong, you know, and how to use, how to avoid certain pitfalls and you know, there's, there's, so, there's so many different elements to it, but people have to be willing to do that work. 
It is work. I, I, I don't, you know, a lot of times people tell me, oh, don't tell them that it's so much work because no, no one will want to do it. And I'm like, you know, but I don't want to lie to you because I, I, I'm one of those people that I don't believe in just taking your money. So, so you know, I'm like, no, I'm not going to lie to y'all. And I don't want to be with a client that doesn't want to do the work because that's going to frustrate me because I'm passionate about seeing people actually succeed. So I will tell them it's a lot of work, but I will also tell them that it is actually really worth it because if you do it and you follow it, you succeed. So yeah, those are things that, those are some of the things that are really involved. There's a lot of research, gathering data, looking at the data, knowing yourself. We look a lot at knowing yourself knowing your business because people get um they have ideas of who they want to be but they're not actually that person and they'll try to build a <laughs> they'll try to build a plan based on somebody they want to be i'm like no honey you need to be honest with you <laughs> if you are not a morning person please don't put in that plan that you're gonna get up every morning and, and have a meeting with your staff because you're not doing that you're not gonna show up at 8 30 in the morning so don't do it Right. And that's okay. Like we have to be honest with ourselves and, you know, really be honest with what we want in business. Like that's the, that's the, one of the advantages of being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. If I don't want to have 7 a.m. meetings, I don't have to have 7 a.m. meetings. I set the meetings later. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. We're going to have a lunch. If you're not, if you're not the <laughs> person who's going to be, you know, up at 7 a.m., just because uh, some entrepreneurs say, well, I get up at 5.30, you know, well, if that's not you, that's, that's okay. Like you said, sometimes people, are trying to paint a picture of somebody they saw or heard about, but not really painting their the picture of themselves. So I actually I can see that. I understand because you know you hear people all the time say you're gonna be an entrepreneur. You can't sleep. What if I'm gonna be an entrepreneur? I got to sleep. I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> they like oh you know you can't go you 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 can't get eight hours. I'm like listen if I don't get eight hours, don't nobody want to do business with me because they can't stay in the room with me. <laughs> so you have to know yeah. yourself. <laughs> No, that's funny. Now, you know what? I don't get up super, super early, but that's because I'm up super, super late. So I'm always up late at night. I get the best ideas late at night. So I'm up at, you know, one, two, three in the morning and I can get a lot of stuff done. But because I'm up that late, you're, I'm not going to be your 7 a.m. <laughs> girl you not doing us no. i'll get up at 4 30 in the morning and get everything done but you try asking me a question at seven o'clock it is not gonna work out for you at seven o'clock in the evening you come asking me about some numbers i'm like what i don't know my phone number what are you talking about right. <laughs> you know? right. so yes yeah, like it but you have to when you're doing a strategic plan you just have to set it up for who you are be honest with that. yourself be honest with yourself. Be honest with your strengths and your weaknesses. You are not every woman. It is not all in you. Trust me, you need to staff your weaknesses. People want to say, oh, I can do it all. I can do this and I can do it. And messing up stuff all over the place, wondering why you're wasting money. And you can't get nothing done. You cannot do everything. You need to be honest with yourself. And when I'm doing a strategic plan, I get to know that person. That's part of that, that um, background in psychology and human services because i'm able to get look at that person and say mm, you know I, I hear you saying that but honey that's that's just that after everything you've told me over the past couple of weeks that's not you and it's okay that that's not you <laughs> you know i'm able to use that psychology background and say mm, no <laughs> so that's that's one of those things that you know it's really being honest with yourself in a strategic plan is really important really really important I could see that. I like it's it's something I wouldn't have thought about, but as you as you have broken it down, I could definitely see how some people are probably not honest with their, with themselves. Mm -hmm. And and I even had to look at like in my own business, I had to look at like I wasn't being true to myself. I sometimes what happens is like okay, as a makeup artist for instance, I'll share this with you because I think this could be this can help somebody out there. But as a makeup artist, I've been in the industry for 12 years, and this industry has changed tremendously. Mm. With social media, before, nobody really knew what we did um, other than they knew we put makeup on people. But now with social media, you know, everybody sees everything. You know, they see, you know, it's the glamorous, okay, the makeup, the transformations, the highlighting, the contouring, all these things. And when I started out doing makeup, um, I had a, I love clean 
soft, clean beauty. And that was my thing. Like, I just love really enhancing your natural beauty, mm-hmm. having a clean look. So I never really liked the whole extreme highlighting and contouring. There was a place for like theatrical makeup. Like if you wanted to change the structure of somebody's face, mm-hmm. but I never felt like it was something that you really needed every day. And if you wanted to like enhance or do some shading, I I knew techniques that you could use to do it without having to do all this extreme highlighting and contouring. Mm -hmm. But as that thing, that trend grew and people would request those types of things, I started to try to conform to what I was seeing in social media and on YouTube and everything. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't being true to myself as an artist because there is a client that like a professional woman like you, I don't think you would want all of that, like the Kim Kardashian look, right? Oh no, no. Right. <laughs> right. So so you would be like my ideal client. Like say if you had an event you were speaking and you wanted to get made, or maybe you were doing a photo shoot or something like that, and you wanted to get polish for your photo shoot. That's my client. And I had to be true to myself and be okay with the fact that I'm not that artist. Like there's right. plenty of people out there that offer that, but that's not me. Mm-hmm. And it was so freeing when I was able to do that. So you probably would have been helping me and I probably would have been all over the place too because I probably would have been trying to do highlighting and contour but talking about I'm helping a professional woman and I'm doing this and doing that <laughs> because I'm trying to do everything that I'm seeing and I'm not really being true to who I am as an artist. So yeah. once I really learned that, that really you know changed um, for me and my business and it helped me to just be clearer on what I wanted and what was true to me, who I am as a person and who I am as a makeup artist and right. being okay with that. Cause I think sometimes we think that we need to do everything that we see in social media. Right. Right. That's, and what you just said is really key is because a lot of times people don't understand that every um, client is not your client and that's okay. Every client is not going to be your client because for me, even with what I do, you know, I, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and I work with a lot of um, um, even nonprofit organizations, but I have to say, you know, at some point, no, that's not my client. You know, I'm not going to go, I don't, I can do the big audits and things for extremely large corporations. I have those skills. I know how to do that. You know, I have, you know, so those certifications and everything like that, but do I really want to spend it? That's not fun for me, you know, where I never get to see who's, who's actually owning the business, where I never get to really see the fruits of my labor. I'm helping people fight it out between departments all the time, you know, to, with the strategic plan. But I like to get in there with that mama pop, that, that, that smaller business, that person that's growing. That's my client. I'm, my client is also not the person that wants me to do it, unfortunately, for $5. I can't do that. You know, everybody, you know, you know, a lot of times in, in um, and we, you get a lot of the, uh, uh, you, you know, I thought we was, you know, cool like that. You know, you can, and I'm like, but, my, I got tuition to pay. I got three kids. I can't do cool. Cool don't pay my to my kids tuition. It just does not, you know. Or you know, right now, you know, being a woman, we, we are doing so many amazing things. But sometimes you have women that are like, okay, but you're supposed to help women on the come up. I am, but guess what? I still have to, you know, do pay my financial notes and bills and so you have to recognize who's your client and who's not your client and you have to because people actually value uh put a put a place of value on you based on whether or not you value yourself so and and that's part of understanding who your client is if you don't value yourself if that 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 person is just gonna value you the way you value you and if you're doing it um and you're not feeling good about it like you said they're really not going to feel good about it. And they're really not going to value it themselves. You know, it's going to show in your work and it's going to show in the way that you interact with your clients. So understanding who your client is and what you should be doing and don't think that you got to do everything in your industry. You don't have to get all the monies. You're going to get a great deal of it, but all of it you can't get. You just, it's just not going to work out that way. Okay. You are not Walmart. And the thing is, and if you look at it, Walmart, doesn't eat walmart has a niche client 
Walmart is not high-end. Even though they have a huge store, you are not going to Walmart and getting the quality that you get at Nordstrom's. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> you right. know? So even so, even when you look at the large conglomerates, they have the, the reason they got to be a large conglomerate is because they know their market. They know their client. And they play to that particular client. So even the Walmart can teach you something. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with that. So we also talked about, like, before you were talking about uh, building um, a mission and a vision statement. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, mission, a lot of times, especially when I'm working with um, small businesses, they don't think that they need a mission statement. And if we're speaking specifically to the beauty industry, we have a lot of um, people that are sole proprietors. They work out of their home or out of their car. They're, you know, they're, you know, especially with makeup artists, makeup artists, y'all are on the go going to everybody's wedding and doing everybody's face. And your trunk is a, it's like, I y'all should just have like tool chests everywhere with all kinds of makeup. Cause it's like, it's y'all just something to behold. Uh, but a lot of times when you have that person that's doing that, they don't understand that they do have to have a mission. And that mission tells you what it is you want to do and why you're doing it. Like you said before, uh, like you like natural beauty. So why do you like natural beauty? Or is it, what is it that you're trying to achieve with the type of makeup artistry that you do? And that's what your mission statement is really going to say. It's going to say who you are and what you do in a very short uh, few sentences. You don't want this long, long mission statement. Nobody wants to read the book, but you want a short mission statement that you can remember. So it always keeps you focused on what you're doing and why you're doing it. You know, and your mission statement is also something that as a beauty person that you're going to pass on to any employees that you bring on. I, I was saying earlier before, before the broadcast, I was saying that um, even if you have a shop and you have booth rental, you don't want someone renting your booth that does not represent your brand really well. Because even though it's booth rental, you have a brand. You know, I remember a woman that uh, she, she had a uh, beautiful shop. She did lashes and brows. That's all she did, lashes and brows. That's, uh, you know, that's all. But her shop was so pristine. And she didn't have, she would not allow people to come in and loud talk. You know, a lot of times you go to, to beauty shops and they're loud talking all over the customer's head and doing all. She was like, no, that is not what we do here. Because of what her mission was allowing women to come in and relax and have a pleasant experience when they came to her shop and got beautified. And so in order to do that, she, she, when she rented her booths, cause she did, she did rent booths. She rented her booths. She was really strict on the people that she contracted with on how they conducted business. You do not eat on the floor and you do not, you know, talk over people's head. And if you are a smoker, you still need to make sure that you smell you don't smell like smoke because you're working on people's faces and you're on time and all of those things, but it went with her mission. And so what it did is it, 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 if you have a mission, even with your booth rental, you translate that to the people that are contracting with you and they have to understand what your mission is and what you, that, because that mission tells you what you expect and the type of clientele you will take on because that goes back to uh, who is your client that goes back to so if you're if you set your mission you know who your client is you know that okay I do want that businesswoman if you're doing uh like in her case doing lashes and brows she knew that she could charge a little bit more for lashes and brows because I'm working with somebody in the corporate world I know that I can charge a little bit more I know that but I'm giving them an experience that I can charge for I mean they're they're coming in you know somebody's going to rub their temples before they get started which was wonderful rub your temples before you get started and you know they have the aromatherapy and some people you can even pay for a private room just to get your brows done Woo. <laughs> sit down and they let you relax and you know they you know give you the cooling uh oil after you've gotten the, the the brows done so it's not burning and you know, this this wonderful experience, but because but she knew what her mission was, so she was able to translate that to even the people that came in. And in the beauty industry, we know that um, it is a comfortable environment where you're going with your girlfriends and you're having a good time, but you still need to have that mission, and you're not so 
I'll put it this way, you're not so sister girl that you forget about why you're doing what you're doing and you forget about your client. One of the biggest reasons why entrepreneurs struggle to grow their business is because they are simply wearing too many hats. The Hilltop Services has over 10 years of professional administrative experience. Our mission is to provide business professionals with assistance for all of their administrative needs. By providing support through general administrative and executive assistance, our clients can focus on what drives income. We are confident that your business can grow and increase productivity. Our agency can assist in daily tasks that keep your business organized with great customer service being our top priority. Need assistance? Book your consultation today at thehilltopservices.com. Right. And you forget that it's a business and you have to have a certain level of professionalism. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I... um. I, I, I spoke about that, you know, at, at the event that you were at recently as well. Um, that's, that goes, it sounds like the, the salon, the brow and lash salon that you were going to, she's figured out how to wow the customer. And, I, and, um, and, 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 I, and that's why she can charge more because she, she wows the customer. She exceeds the customer's expectations. Mm-hmm. Another thing too is that's interesting that she does that with the boyfriend. A lot of people don't do that. Like I've talked, I've, I have friends that own salons who have ran into issues with their business name being, you know, destroyed because of another person they had with working in their salon that didn't operate under the same, you know, they didn't have their same mission. They didn't have their same goals in mind and they operated differently. And so it just, it was a clash there. You know, when a client made a complaint, they complained against, against the business, not against that one stylist. Correct. So, that's that's very important to make sure you're doing those things like um i think she's doing a smart thing and she's setting the tone for how she wants her salon to be even though it's boofering but she's making sure that that person uh really fits her mission and her vision for how she wants her salon to be ran and i think i don't see that too often so i that that's amazing yeah because we're a lot of times you have the it would in your strategic plan when we're if we're doing that you have i, I one thing i let them know is that if you're doing your you're doing your mission how do you want your business to be run because you can't be so afraid of losing the dollar that you lose the dollar mm-hmm. that's the thing sometimes we're so afraid of losing money that we actually lose money you have to turn down some people that would want to work with you especially in this business because like your like you said your, your reputation is on the line so if someone they don't go and say just that person at that shop is bad they say the whole shop mm-hmm. is bad so when so a lot of times we when we contract people or we're renting our booths one of the mistakes that we make because we have not planned it out as to who we're going to take in we don't interview the person before we give them booth rental because we have not put that in our plan we have not put in our plan what kind of person that we're going to uh, bring on to to represent us alongside okay i'm going to expand to where i'm I have six chairs and I want to rent these six chairs out. Well, who do I want to fill that chair? It has to be this kind of person. It has to be that kind of person. And then I interview you. I not just say, okay, you could pay. So come on. No, you have in your strategic plan. You have to have the type of person that's going to help you expand your business and grow your, and grow your brand. And you have to interview them for that. Don't, you know, like I said, we, we, we lose the dollar because we won't turn down the dollar. Right. All money ain't good money. Yes, yes, it's not no, 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 <laughs> right. right. They mess your name up. <laughs> <laughs> we have to have, we have to, you know, have a mission for our businesses instead of just being focused on making money, like dollar signs. It has to be, it has to be something beyond dollar signs. Yes, you want to make money. But that can't be your whole mission in life to make money. You need to be, your mission needs to be, you know, to run a profitable business that's comfortable for your clients, to bring in the type of clients that you would like to have in, to have the type of people that you want to work there. So I think that's very, very important. And especially in the beauty industry, I think we need to touch on that more. Mm-hmm. I think it's really needed. We need to touch on that more because a lot of times we're artists um you know we're artists we're hair artists we're makeup artists we're you know lash and brow artists but we really don't have the business side so i think um 
those are some great tips you gave, Carla. And people are trusting you, especially in the beauty industry. We trust you because uh, most of us can't do our own hair, and we can't, and we do, and we hit or miss with our own makeup. And most time it's a miss, but, <laughs> but you know, so we're, so in the, in the beauty is, industry, the person is trusting you. And so having that mission that goes along and aligns with the level of trust people are putting in you is really, really important. You know, having a mission that aligns with that level of trust is really important so that you can remember, okay, when this person is trusting me, I cannot, they cannot come out of here looking like, ooh, <laughs> bozo when they tell me they want their hair dyed, you know, <laughs> they, <laughs> they are really right. trusting you, you know, it's really, you know, how many horror stories do we hear about people whose hair fell all out, you know, or, you know, I, I was, or, or the, their eyebrows never grew back, <laughs> you yes, know, those kinds of things, because they really, because beauty is, is a real trust oriented industry. Definitely is. I would agree with that. So you also spoke about earlier, we were talking about like vision statement. Like, so uh, can you break that down a little bit for our listeners? Yeah. Yeah. So your mission statement is something that doesn't change, but your vision will change over time as you evolve and you grow. So you should have a vision. If you're, if you have never realized your vision, then that means that tells me that you don't have a plan. So, because your vision should change over time. If I have a vision to make it to this, a certain level, once I've realized that vision, my vision statement needs to change. So your vision statement is, is in a few words, in a couple of sentences, what you're trying to accomplish in a certain period of time. And so your vision statement is something that where your mission doesn't change because you're always doing something, uh, do, have a mission to do it this way what you're doing and how you're growing should change. You should be realizing a vision. So that, that's basically it. That's, that's where that's now that's the real foundation of a plan because you're going to always um, change. You're going to always be building another plan. What you want, you should be able to complete a plan and move on to the next plan, complete a plan, write a new plan, complete that plan. And that's all. But if you don't have a vision, you have nothing to complete. You have nothing to write, you know. Okay. So you gotta have a vision so that now you can write it. You can write a plan to go along to, to help you realize that vision. And once you realize that vision, it's time to start over again to the next thing. You should always be growing. I love that. So when you have, so as your vision changes, you you should change your plans. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, so that's interesting. So, so, so like, I love that. So you always should be growing. So I think that's something, you know, I hadn't really thought about, but um, I do, you know, have a plan and a vision for my, for my business, but um, definitely I could see where um, like I'm shifting and I'm changing some things. So I guess I do need a new plan for this next phase next phase yeah you know a lot of times people don't recognize it you know they're like okay we've always done it this way but you know we i look at it as stagnant and if you're in stagnant water after a while begins to stink (laughs) and so what you when you hear people say we've always done it this way there are some things that are they're losing and it's not appealing anymore and then they wonder why they're losing business you if you're not growing you're dying and that's it. If you're not growing, you're dying. That's why there's, you should be having a vision. Realize that vision. Let's grow. Let's get the next vision. Realize that, plan it out. Realize that vision. Okay, let's move to the next vision. You should always be growing. Always be growing. Never staying stagnant because if, you, if, you're, if you're stagnant, you start to stink and you're going to die eventually. It's going to die eventually. And you don't want that. You want, you want to you know, be able to leave that to someone else and pass that down to someone else you know, and, teach, and teach people coming along behind you how to continuously grow, how to continuously uh, improve. You know, growth does not always have to mean you're going to be this huge, multi-faceted you know, faceted company. It could just mean that you're expanding, you're, you're learning new techniques, you're getting better, and you might not want to have this big, big, big business, but you're always getting better. You need to grow and continue to expand. I would agree with that. So I see you also 
offer a personal strategic plan. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yes. Um, one thing, you know, I've always, I love purpose. I am so purpose driven. It is ridiculous. I am my, my kids, my family is like, okay. And sometimes I push too hard. Even my family, but I'm like, oh, we gotta get it done. <laughs> but I'm very purpose driven. And for me, a personal strategic plan is, um, understanding and realizing your purpose. And let's, let's see, how do we go about walking that purpose out? A lot of times people don't even know what they should be doing and so they're spinning their wheels or they're hating life because they work in a dead-end job you know or you know or something doing things that they're hate or doing things that somebody told them they should be doing why are you here what are you what should you be doing and a lot of times people don't understand that everything that is them their likes their dislikes their moods their you know all that has to do with your purpose you know a lot of times people try to force you to do things because they figure you should like them. You know, what case in point, I hate picnics. I, I'm not an outdoorsy kind of gal. I can't stand a picnic. I don't like cookouts. I'm not going camping. And then you hard pressed to find me on a walk next to the beach. Cause I don't like bugs. I don't eat outside. I don't like a la carte. Cause I'm like, if I don't want to go outside to eat with the bugs, go with the bugs in my house, why am I going outside to eat with them? But when I would, so people would push me to try to go to picnics and want to be this outdoorsy kind of girl. And I was like, and once, and once I finally recognized, okay, this is part of who I am. And then as I started to walk out my purpose and I'm in, I'm doing speaking engagements and I am in an office a lot of times and I'm at lunch and I'm, I'm at hotel. Guess what? If I was an outdoorsy kind of girl, I'd be going crazy with all this indoor activity that I have to do. And someone, and I had to recognize that, that indoorsy enjoying hotels and enjoying eating out and, and sitting, you know, and, and being in front of a crowd. That's part of who I am. That was part of my purpose. Me hating the outdoors is part of my purpose. I just don't do it. Okay. But I'm okay with being inside. I like temperature controlled environments. It's okay. And when you're going to be on a stage, it's a temperature controlled environment. You're going to be in an office. It's a temperature controlled environment. That's where I belong. Now there are people that they are gardeners. They love that outdoors and they hate being indoors. And somebody's always trying to get them to come in and sit in the office with me. And you need to be a that's against their purpose. It's against who they are. So when I'm doing a strategic plan for someone's purpose, we look at all those various things. Who are you? What, what's your background? What do you like? What do you dislike? Why do you dislike it? Well, you know, all, all those kinds of things. Where do you thrive? What's the difference between a gift and a talent? There is a difference. And you know what? And one thing I really, um, press especially with my young people is that you know no one is purposed to be famous but your your purpose may make you famous because i had you know right right now we have all these young people that believe in that they're supposed to be famous on youtube and reality shows and i'm like that is not your purpose what's your purpose to be on a reality show no it is not <laughs> it's not your purpose now your purpose may make you famous but you if you're chasing fame then you're outside of what you should be, what you should be, and you can be very disappointed. Understand, like I say, understanding the difference between a gift and a talent. Uh, <clears throat> a talent has to be cultivated. A gift is something you do naturally. Understanding that you are not necessarily gifted and talented at everything, and what's a pipe dream? What, what, what's a pipe dream versus what's reality? A lot of times people will tell you, that, oh, you can do this, you can do anything, be anything you wanna be. No, you cannot. Okay, my father is never going to be a singer. Trust me. He is never going to be a singer because he is horrible. He is awful. Now, somebody was telling him he could be whatever he wanted to be, and he wanted to be a pimp back in the day. That was not going to work out in his favor. We need to be honest and really look at who we are. And that's what the purpose, the, the strategic plan on the personal level does. It helps you find and walk and, and realize your purpose. Now, how do I walk this thing out? What do I need to do? Do I need to educate myself? Where do I need to educate myself? What should I be doing? Who's my mentor? I need to find a mentor. You know, us a lot of research once again, and it goes along with that. So that's what your personal strategic plan will be more geared towards. 
Awesome. And I, to piggyback off of that, you could be what you want to be. I do believe you could be what you want to be, but if it's within your purpose, right? If it's with, if right, it's within it has to be a purpose. purpose, right? So you can be what you want to be and be broke doing it <laughs> or be miserable doing it, not understanding and frustrated. Right. And people are, there are people that are frustrated because they're just being what they want to be instead of being what they're supposed to be. Now that's that's true because people a lot of times a lot of people don't know what they're what they're here for, what their purpose is. A lot right. of people don't know. Right. And what would be a bit of advice you would give somebody that doesn't know what their purpose is? I would say first thing is is don't get caught into the me too. Don't get caught into the me too trend because we see a lot of things happening. And we're like, oh, I want to do that too. I want to do that too. I want to do that too because it looks cool. Mm -hmm. and then, but and it's, if it's not really for you, it's not for you. It's okay. And I say this, I, I, tell this, I tell people this often too. I say, listen, your purpose is not subject to your approval or the approval of others. And the reason I say that is because sometimes our purpose is not glamorous. Sometimes the purpose is not glamorous. You know, there's somebody that likes to clean. It's not me, but somebody, <laughs> there's somebody <laughs> that loves to clean. But they are having, they are struggling really hard with the fact of being a cleaning lady or uh, having a janitorial service is not really glamorous. But, and they're feeling like, you know, I don't want anybody to know that. I need to be doing something bigger with my life. And that's what your purpose to do. Don't don't downplay it because it's not subject to your approval. It's in you for a reason. I remember, you know, I uh, always wanted to be a wife and mommy. From as far back as I can remember, I wanted to be a wife and mommy. And I would say that, and I remember someone I really respected. Uh, I, I got to be, I think I was like in the seventh grade. And she asked me what I was going to do when I grew up. I said, I want to be a wife and mommy. I love little people. I love homemaking and all that kind of stuff, you know. And she berated me like nobody's business. She was like, women didn't go through all that they've gone through for you to be a wife. And I, I was like, oh, my God. So I stopped telling people that. So I stopped saying that I wanted to be a wife and mommy. And I went to school my first my when I first started college, I went to school and wasted a lot of money. A lot of money. Because I was just I was like, why am I here? I'm not really not happy. And then later on in life, I got I got married and I have raised some of the most amazing children I have ever seen. I have a I was a homeschooling mom for six for 16 years. And I went to college during that time. I went back to school and got my degrees during that time that I was a wife and mommy. And my, now my children are all, you know, not to brag, but, you know, I got some amazing ones. They, they're all, you know, they're all been, uh, one of them has graduated early. The other two have had the option to graduate early. They're doing amazing. But now that portion of my purpose of being a wife and mommy, the thing that I actually loved and I've done really well, that purpose has gone on and now I'm doing this. And I'm helping other people walk out their purpose because I've been helping my children get to the point where they can walk out theirs. And I've helped my husband walk out his and I've learned, and I've learned but, ha but be me berating what I wanted to do, what I was really purposed to do, which was me and my wife and mommy for a period of time, because if you might have more than one purpose and I do, you know, I was down on it. So don't look down on what it is you love. Don't let anybody make you feel bad about what it is your purpose to do. Because if you do that, then the people that are waiting to live within your purpose are missing out. Mm -hmm. What would have, what would have happened had I never been that wife and mommy? I could have been, if I would have been the work, working mom away from home, I wouldn't have been able to homeschool. And, you know, I'm like, and I, I loved homeschooling while I did it, but I wouldn't want to go back and do it again. <laughs> I loved it, but I wouldn't have been able to do those things and give them what, and they wouldn't be walking out what they're walking out now. If I wasn't that wife, my husband wouldn't have a strategic plan and he'd still be struggling, you know? So he's, he, he you know, he's successful because of what I, because what I was purposed to do and then because of what I was purposed to do and I was able to do his strategic plan I was able to learn from that and now what about all the people that I have helped build their strategic plan so my purpose 
starting from that wife and mommy that people, somebody just went off on me about, made me feel really bad about, that I almost put to the side, has, has come full circle and is still blessing other people. My purpose, your purpose is to bless other people. Don't let somebody or even yourself, because you look, feel some kind of way, it's not glamorous get outside of your purpose because there's somebody waiting for you to walk out that purpose because they need it and they need you to walk it out. Awesome. Awesome. I uh, absolutely agree with that. You know, and, and I want to tag it back to the beauty industry. What's interesting is, is a lot of people see what we do on Instagram and YouTube and everywhere and they don't know what their purpose is, so they're attracted to this industry. So there, there's a lot of people in the beauty industry that this isn't even a part of their purpose. I really believe that because I meet so many people who I think they just don't know what they want to do, but they've been looking at everybody looking so glamorous in the beauty industry, so it's look like that's what they want to do. And some people are purpose for it, but I think you know some people are not. And um, and I like that you said, like, a lot of times our purpose may not be necessarily glamorous or it may not be something easy to do. It may be hard to really walk in our purpose. And because of that, we want to do the easier thing, what we see other people doing. Like you said, the me too. And I, I see that a lot. I think it's probably a lot in a lot of industries, but I see it a lot in our industry. And, you know, I think it's easy. I'm just going to go cosmetology school. What? Yeah. That's not easy. Because you're supposed the wrong way and somebody ball here. We're not doing that. Hey, it was some um I remember, do you remember Virginia Farrell? Yes, yes, day? I do. I knew a bunch of people that was older. They were like my cousins. I was young then, but it was like a lot of my cousins that were older than me. And they all went to Virginia Farrell. Like it was like the thing to go to beauty school. Mm -hmm. None of them are doing hair now because they weren't gifted or purpose to do hair. They were not. But they saw other people walking in their purpose, being entrepreneurs, and it looked like, oh, it's a lot of money. They 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 set their own hours, they have their own business, and they saw that and ran with it. All these people went to beauty school and none of them are doing hair. Right. And the thing is, right now, you said something that's really key. You said they had, they said they're on hours, they had their own business. But do you know not everybody has purpose to have their own business? Because biz, having your own business takes discipline. Some people are more purpose to work for somebody else because you are not going to get up and do work unless somebody telling you. So, right. you know, you need to really look at that when you're talking about your purpose. You know, as, as, a, as a beautician, as a person uh, that's in the beauty industry, you have to have a lot of discipline. That's a lot of discipline. And not everybody has that. Not everybody. You have to go back and re-educate yourself. You got to keep your license up. You got you know, you got to keep up with the trends because everybody wants their hair different every other day. You, you know, that's a lot of discipline and it's not for everyone. And one thing I hate to see and one thing I really hate to see is when someone plays down the, the beauty industry. Because I, one thing I, I, you know, you hear, oh, they're just a beautician. But you want your hair done, right? But yeah, you're downplaying yeah. who I actually am. If my purpose makes you look good on television or whatever whatever it is that you're called to do so you never downplay another person's purpose and just don't jump into it because you think when you jump into something is you're making it seem like what they do is so easy and it's actually not yeah, it takes a, a certain type of person to do every single job every single industry takes a certain kind of person my sister always tells me she said, i don't have the patience to work with people because if they won't do what i tell them to do then i'm over it you know <laughs> she's like no you just messed it up i'm over it well thing is but she is really numbers based and she's straightforward and she is straight no chaser <laughs> she don't have the have the patience to keep going with a person like that but you know what i don't have the patience to do what she does. It's not part of me, you know? So when I look at the beauty industry, your what you all do takes a lot. You are part-time psychiatrist because everybody wants to sit in your chair and tell you all their business and their woes. You gotta, you're taking on a lot of people's pain. People really don't recognize that. Beauticians uh, deal with people's pain every single day. 
You're dealing with somebody's pain every single day because they're telling you about what happened to them and the woes when they sit in your chair. Most people don't get in your chair and tell you all the great things happen in their life. <laughs> they're getting in your chair telling you about how their boyfriend did this and their brothers, the kids did that. And you are a part-time psychologist. You right. Know? And somebody passed away and you see them at all these different stages. Right. You know, you're talking, you know, you you're uh you, you have to make sure you're de dealing with the health of a person because i remember back i was going through some health issues and my hair was falling out and my beautician was the one that pointed it out to me that was what was going that carla you need to get your health checked out because i didn't know what was going on she was like no this is because of x y and z and you need to check that out but had she not known that medical side and how your body is supposed to be responding i would have been jacked up my beautician's the one that sent me to the doctor Mm -hmm. You know, so you're, you're part-time, you know, you're on the medical side, you're on the psychologist side, you're on the beauty side. There's a lot that goes into what you all do, you know? And so people are really, they really don't need to just jump into it because they think that's their purpose. It's an easy thing to do. No, you're purposed to do this. If you do it and you do it well and you love it, you're, that, that, that tells me a lot more that your purpose to do it as opposed to you just got into it for the money or the freedom. So. Right. I absolutely agree with you. Well, Carla, I could definitely talk to you all day, but I want to ask you the, the final three questions that I ask everybody that comes on the podcast. And my first one is how do you define success? How do I define success? I would define success as doing what you're called or purpose to do, doing it well, and enjoying it. That's how I would define success. Awesome. So what's your favorite, either your favorite book or a book that you're currently reading right now? My favorite book would be How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I love that book because it has helped me so much in how I deal with people. And every industry is a people industry. Every industry, every industry you're going to have to deal with some kind of person. And so that book has helped me so much with how I deal with people. So I love that book. That's my favorite, other than the Bible. <laughs> that's my favorite awesome awesome how do you stay motivated um you know, people just people i love helping people i love people that's what it is people motivate me i love people i love to see them succeed i love to give you information I, you know just people in general you know you know, people say, what, what's your why? Normally, normally a person's why is their family. My why is just people in general. I love, I really, really love people. I love to see their excitement and, and know that they, they're doing that thing that they're called to do. So really people really motivate me. Awesome. What's your favorite tool that you use to operate in your business? My favorite tool that I use to operate in my business, actually... It's, it's real simple. It, it would just be Microsoft Word <laughs> because I because it's a plan and and, and really I, I would say that Microsoft Word because it's a plan because everybody's plan is different. I can't put your plan into this like formatted thing and we're just gonna plug these things in. It's gonna come out pop out. No, it has to be tailored for you. So I'm really typing up a plan. We're typing up a plan specific to you so because it's a blank slate. And so Microsoft Word would be my 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 favorite tool for me because. I use it too. It's a go-to for me. <laughs> it's a clean slate. You know, it's nice, not cookie cutter. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's been absolutely great um, talking with you today, Carla, and learning more about uh, what you do. So I want you to share how uh, the audience could connect with you and reach you on the World Wide Web. Oh, yes. You can go to Carla pyarbro.com that's my website that's c-a-r-l-a-p-y-a-r-b-r-o-u-g-h.com and you can go to work with me you can click on the little work with me tab and there's all the different ways you can work with me i do have the strategic planning um uh apparatus a thing there just for small businesses and entrepreneurs because i do have a program that is just for you and it's self-paced so that you can develop your strategic plan 
And it's also set up for a payment plan. So you don't got to pay it all at once. I don't want to, so, you know, so you're not saying, oh, it's just too much money. It's not a lot of money in the first place. I, I, I developed it just for you all. Uh, for the small business and the entrepreneur, I took out a lot of that stuff that you don't really need. So if you go to CarlaPYarbro.com, you can click on work with me and you will be able to see uh, all the different things I have available, the purpose strategic planning, the small business owner strategic planning. If you're a larger business, you can, you can work with me that way and you'll fill out the questionnaire and we can get started and I'll give you a call and we'll get it all taken care of, get you right on the way to building that plan and realizing that vision that you so deserve. <laughs> awesome. Well, make sure you connect with Carla. All of her information will be in the show notes. And that's all we have for you today. As always, make sure you stay great and we're out. Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Please subscribe and support our podcast. Please share it. Share it with your friends and family. Also, connect with us. We want to hear from you. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Also, email us at bbnetworkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and at Exquisite Looks. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Exquisite Looks. And you can check out my website at exquisitelooks.com. I really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon. Remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.